And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Select automakers' delay in removing AM radio from the dash allows lawmakers time to craft legislation to keep AM radio in vehicles. Representative Mark Alford, a Missouri Republican, says the issue is how automakers are trying to create new profits. The way the cars are being made in the future is that you buy apps for your car like you buy apps for your phone. And so the money is not necessarily going to be in the printer, it's going to be in the ink. For Rural America, Alford says AM radio is critical during emergencies such as severe weather. In times of crisis, farmers, ranchers, people in the rural America have relied on AM radio for years, decades, to get the information they need, especially in times of emergency. Earlier this year, lawmakers introduced the AM for Every Vehicle Act. The bipartisan bill would require automakers to maintain AM broadcast radio in new vehicles at no additional charge. A lot of us put pressure on the manufacturers, and they have now relented for at least another year. That will give us time to work on legislation to make sure, not that we're telling businesses how to do business, that's very important, but that we secure this channel of information for rural America. Specifically, the legislation would require the Department of Transportation to issue a rule that requires all new vehicles to have devices that can access AM broadcast stations installed as standard equipment. Well, Russia again this week stepped up drone attacks on Ukraine's grain warehouses and ports on the Danube River while also intercepting and boarding a cargo ship on the Black Sea. Russia's destruction of Ukrainian warehouses and granaries came as a Russian patrol ship fired on and its crew then boarded a foreign-flagged vessel on its way toward Ukraine's port of Ismail. State Department Principal Deputy Spokesperson Vedat Patel. Russia has publicly uh, announced that all ships proceeding to Ukrainian ports in Black Sea waters will be considered as potential carriers of military cargo. This is, uh, in our view, an unacceptable escalation. And it only compounds the damage Russia's already caused to the world world supply of wheat, corn, barley, and rapeseed and sunflower seed and oil. Since Russia's termination of its participation in the Black Sea Grain Initiative, Ukraine's Ministry of Foreign Affairs has reported that Russia has attacked 26 port infrastructure facilities and destroyed over 220,000 tons of grain. Patel says the U.S. is urging Russia to rejoin the grain initiative immediately. It is something that we know works. It worked to the tune of more than uh, 32 million tons of grain. Um, And it was instrumental in stabilizing global prices, as well as uh, a key uh, factor in ensuring that grain gets to the places it needs to go. Especially in underdeveloped Middle Eastern and African countries suffering high rates of malnutrition and starvation. Well, fertilizer prices have continued their more than year-long decline through the first two weeks of August 2023. The University of Illinois' FarmDoc Daily website shows that on a per-pound of nitrogen basis, urea and liquid nitrogen fertilizers have historically been priced at a premium of 35-40% to 40% above anhydrous ammonia. However, the premium narrowed in 2022 as the Russia-Ukraine conflict disrupted global fertilizer markets. The premium on liquid relative to anhydrous has returned to more historical levels while the gap has continued to narrow between urea and anhydrous prices. This is attributed to continued expansion and global production capacity combined with lower demand prospects. Now the continued decline in fertilizer prices improves return and income prospects as we look ahead to soon-to-be-released crop budgets for 2024. Now, if the low premium on urea relative to anhydrous extends into the coming months, it may make a urea more attractive nitrogen option for farmers in 2024. 
Well, the U.S. Trade Representative's Office welcomed a report from the World Trade Organization calling U.S. steel and aluminum tariffs justified for security reasons. The WTO report recognized that U.S. Section 232 actions on steel and aluminum are security measures and that China illegally retaliated with sham safeguard tariffs. The panel rejected China's argument that the U.S. Section 232 actions are safeguard measures that may be rebalanced under WTO rules. However, officials from China called on the U.S. to lift the tariffs it imposed on Chinese products following the report. China's Commerce Ministry claims the root cause lies in the unilateralist and protectionist nature of the United States. China maintains that its actions are a legitimate move to safeguard its legitimate rights and interests. Tariffs imposed on American agricultural exports in retaliation for Section 232 tariffs on steel and aluminum imports led to an overall $27 billion reduction in U.S. ag exports from mid-2018 to the end of 2019. Well, USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service published its first survey-based forecast of the 2023-24 U.S. soybean yield this month at 50.9 bushels per acre. The current soybean yield forecast is down 1.1 bushels from last month. The soybean crush forecast is unchanged at 2.3 billion bushels, supported by the greater demand for soybean oil and domestic soybean crush capacity expansion. A waning supply of canola oil and drought conditions in Canada and the United States have elevated prices for both old and new crop soybean oil. The average bean oil price forecast at 62 cents per pound, up 2 cents from last month, but down from a revised 22-23 price of 65 cents per pound. Now, soybean oil used for biofuels production supports strong domestic demand. In contrast, domestic soybean meal demand is lower than expected as livestock growth is slower than anticipated. USDA lowered the forecast for domestic soybean meal demand by 0.25 million short tons to 39.73 million short tons. Well, as wheat harvesting season comes to an end, farmers brace for a potential threat to their crop that costs tens of millions of dollars each year. High levels of alpha amylase protein in wheat can lead to a low falling number score, a factor that determines the quality and price of wheat. If growers cannot detect wheat with a low falling number, the wheat may mix with sound wheat on farms, in grain elevators, or during transport, compromising the entire bushel. The Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research is awarding a $835,800 seeding solutions grant to Washington State University to develop a faster, cheaper, and more accurate test to prevent mixing of low and high falling number wheat. The current falling number test developed almost 70 years ago is slow, expensive, exhibits high variability, and does not assess alpha amylase levels directly. In addition to developing new rapid tests, the grant also includes developing an early warning system to alert grain handlers to weather patterns likely to cause spikes in alpha amylase. And finally, here on today's episode, Farm Credit Association, American Ag Credit, Rural Banking Partner CoBank, and the Federal Agricultural Mortgage Corporation, also known as Farmer Mac, are donating $40,000 to Maui Food Bank to help aid during the devastating wildfires that are wreaking havoc in Hawaii. Ag Credit CEO Kurt Hunnut says, quote, when natural disasters impact the communities in which we live and work, we stand ready to support, end quote. CoBank's Brenda Frank added, quote, the contribution to the Maui Food Bank is intended to address the immediate needs and reduce suffering of those impacted by the wildfires in Maui, end quote. Now, Farm Credit has had a presence in Hawaii for over 50 years. The association has been a strong provider of financial support to Hawaiian farmers and ranchers. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden says he intends to ensure people in the state have everything they need to recover. Biden plans to visit the area Monday. More than 100 deaths were reported, with 1,300 people still missing following the wildfires. 
That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.